Remember your mercies, O Lord, and with your eternal protection, sanctify your servants by the shedding of his blood, established the Paschal Mystery, who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. See, my servant shall prosper. He shall be raised high and greatly exalted. Even as many were amazed at him, so marred was his look beyond human semblance and his appearance beyond that of the sons of man, so shall he startle many nations. Because of him, kings shall stand speechless. For those who have not been told shall see. Those who have not heard shall ponder it. Who would believe what we have heard? To whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up like a sapling before him, like a shoot from the parched earth. There was in him no stately bearing to make us look at him, nor appearance that would attract us to him. He was spurned and avoided by people, a man of suffering, accustomed to infirmity, one of those from whom people hide their faces, spurned, and yet we held him in no esteem. Yet it was our infirmities that he bore, our sufferings that he endured. While we thought of him as stricken, as one smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our offenses, crushed for our sins. Upon him was the chastisement that makes us whole. By his stripes we were healed. We had all gone astray like sheep, each following his own way. But the Lord laid upon him the guilt of us all. Though he was harshly treated, he submitted and opened not his mouth. Like a lamb led to the slaughter or a sheep before the shearers, he was silent and opened not his mouth. Oppressed and condemned, he was taken away. And who would have thought any more of his destiny? When he was cut off from the land of the living and smitten for the sin of his people, a grave was assigned to him among the wicked and a burial place with evildoers, though he'd done no wrong nor spoken any falsehood. But the Lord was pleased to crush him in infirmity. If he gives his life as an offering for sin, he shall see his descendants in a long life, and the will of the Lord shall be accomplished through him. Because of his affliction, he shall see the light in fullness of days. Through his suffering, my servant shall justify many, and their guilt he shall bear. Therefore, I will give him his portion among the great, and he shall divide the spoils with the mighty, because he surrendered himself to death and was counted among the wicked. And he shall take away the sins of many and win pardon for their offenses. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. 
Lord, I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your justice, rescue me. Into your hands, I commend my spirit. You will redeem me, O Lord, O faithful God. Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. For all my foes, I am an object of reproach, a laughingstock to my neighbors, and a dread to my friends. They who see me abroad flee from me. I am forgotten like the unremembered dead. I am like a dish that is broken. Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. But my trust is in you, O Lord. I say you are my God. In your hands is my destiny. Rescue me from the clutches of my enemies and my persecutors. Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Let your face shine upon your servant. Save me in your kindness. Take courage and be stout-hearted, all you who hope in the Lord. Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. A reading from the letter to the Hebrews. Brothers and sisters, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has similarly been tested in every way, yet without sin. So let us confidently approach the throne of grace to receive mercy and find grace for timely help. In the days when Christ was in the flesh, he offered prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to the one who was able to save him from death, and he was heard because of his reverence. Son though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered. And when he was made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, to, be God. to God. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. Christ became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Because of this, God greatly exalted him and bestowed on him the name 
which is above every other name. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. Passion of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Jesus went out with his disciples across the Kidron Valley to where there was a garden into which he and his disciples entered. Judas, his betrayer, also knew the place because Jesus had often met there with his disciples. So Judas got a band of soldiers and guards from the chief priests and the Pharisees and went there with lanterns, torches, and weapons. Jesus, knowing everything that was going to happen to him, went out and said to them, Whom are you looking for? They answered him, Jesus the Nazarene. He said to them, I am. Judas, his betrayer, was also with them. When he said to them, I am, they turned away and fell to the ground. So he again asked them, Whom are you looking for? They said, Jesus, Jesus the Nazarene. Jesus answered, I told you that I am. So if you are looking for me, let these men go. This was to fulfill what he had said. I have not lost any of those you gave me. Then Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew it, struck the high priest's slave, and cut off his right ear. The slave's name was Malchus. Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword into its scabbard. Shall I not drink the cup that the Father gave me? So the band of soldiers, the tribune, and the Jewish guards seized Jesus, bound him, and brought him to Annas first. He was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was high priest that year. It was Caiaphas who had counseled the Jews that it was better that one man should die rather than the people. Simon Peter and another disciple followed Jesus. Now the other disciple was known to the high priest, and he entered the courtyard of the high priest with Jesus. But Peter stood at the gate outside. So the other disciple, the acquaintance of the high priest, went out and spoke to the gatekeeper and brought Peter in. Then the maid, who was the gatekeeper, said to Peter, you're one of this man's disciples, are you? He said, I am not. Now the slaves and the guards were standing around a charcoal fire that they had made because it was cold and were warming themselves. Peter was also standing there keeping warm. The high priest questioned Jesus about his disciples and about his doctrine. Jesus answered him, I have spoken publicly to the world. I have always taught in a synagogue or in the temple area where all the Jews gather. 
and in secret I have said nothing. Why ask me? Ask those who heard me what I said to them. They know what I said. When he had said this, one of the temple guards standing there struck Jesus and said, Is this the way you answer the high priest? Jesus answered him, If I have spoken wrongly, testify to the wrong. But if I have spoken rightly, why do you strike me? Then Annas sent him bound to Caiaphas the high priest. Now Simon Peter was standing there keeping warm, and they said to him, You are not one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the slaves of the high priest, a relative of one of those whose ear had Peter had cut off, said, Didn't I see you in the garden with him? Again Peter denied it, and immediately the cock crowed. Then they brought Jesus from Caiaphas to the Praetorium. It was morning. And they themselves did not enter the Praetorium in order not to be defiled so that they could eat the Passover. So Pilate came out to them and said, What charge do you bring against this man? They answered and said to him, If you are not a criminal, we would not have handed him over to you. At this, Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and judge him according to your law. The Jews answered him, We do not have the right to execute anyone. In order that the word of Jesus might be fulfilled, that he said indicating the kind of death he would die. So Pilate went back into the praetorium and summoned Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this on your own, or have others told you about me? Pilate answered, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom does not belong to this world. If my kingdom did belong to this world, my attendants would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not here. So Pilate said to him, Then you are a king. Jesus answered, You say, I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? When he had said this, he began again, went out to the Jews, and said to them, I find no guilt in him, but you have a custom that I release one prisoner to you at Passover. Do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? They cried out again, Not Not this one, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a revolutionary. Then Pilate took Jesus and had him scourged. And the soldiers wove a crown out of thorns and placed it on his head and clothed him in a purple cloak. And they came to him and said, Hail, King of the Jews. And they struck him repeatedly. Once more, Pilate went out and said to them, Look, I am bringing him out to you, so that you may know that I find no guilt in him. So Jesus came out, wearing the crown of thorns 
and a purple cloak. And Pilate said to them, Behold, the man. When the chief priests and the guards saw him, they cried out, Crucify him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him. I find no guilt in him. The Jews answered, We have a law, and according to that law he ought to die, because he made himself the Son of God. Now when Pilate heard this statement, he became even more afraid, and went back into the praetorium and said to Jesus, Where are you from? Jesus did not answer him. So Pilate said to him, Do you not speak to me? Do you not know that I have the power to release you, and I have the power to crucify you? Jesus answered him, You would have no power over me if it had not been given to you from above. For this reason, the one who handed me over to you has the greater sin. Consequently, Pilate tried to release him, but the Jews cried out, If you release him, you are not a friend of Caesar. Everyone who makes himself a king opposes Caesar. When Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus out and seated him on the judge's bench in the place called Stone Pavement. In Hebrew, Gabbatha. It was preparation day for Passover, and it was about noon. And he said to the Jews, Behold, your king. They cried out, Take him away, take him away, crucify him. Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. Then he handed him over to them to be crucified. So they took Jesus and, carrying the cross himself, he went out to what is called the place of the skull, in Hebrew, Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with him two others, one on either side, with Jesus in the middle. Pilate also had an inscription written and put it on the cross. It read, Jesus the Nazarene, the King of the Jews. Now many of the Jews read this inscription because the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Hebrew, Latin, and Greek. So the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write the King of the Jews, but that he said, I am the King of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his clothes and divided them into four shares, a share for each soldier. They also took his tunic, but the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from the top down. So they said to one another, Let's not tear it, but cast lots for it to see whose it will be. In order that the passage of scripture might be fulfilled that says, they divided my garments among them, and for my vesture they cast lots. This is what the soldiers did. Standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, 
and Mary of Magdala. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple there whom he loved, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his home. After this, aware that everything was now finished, in order that the scripture might be fulfilled, Jesus said, I thirst. There was a vessel filled with common wine. So they put a sponge soaked in wine on a sprig of hyssop and put it up to his mouth. When Jesus had taken the wine, he said, It is finished. And bowing his head, he handed over the spirit. Now since it was preparation day, in order that the bodies might not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for the Sabbath day of that week was a solemn one, the Jews asked Pilate that their legs be broken and that they be taken down. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and then of the other one who was crucified with Jesus. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one soldier thrust his lance into his side, and immediately blood and water flowed out. An eyewitness has testified, and his testimony is true. He knows that he is speaking the truth, so that you also may come to believe. For this happened so that the scripture passage might be fulfilled. Not a bone of it will be broken. And again, another passage says, They will look upon him whom they have pierced. After this, Joseph of Arimathea, secretly a disciple of Jesus for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate, if he could remove the body of Jesus, and Pilate permitted it. So he came and took his body. 
Nicodemus, the one who had first come to him at night, also came, bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloe, weighing about 100 pounds. They took the body of Jesus and bound it with burial cloths along with the spices, according to the Jewish burial custom. Now in the place where he had been crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb in which no one had yet been buried. So they laid Jesus there because of the Jewish preparation day, for the tomb was close by. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, a very real feeling of Good Friday is all around us today as we continue to struggle with the fallout of this terrible health crisis in our nation and throughout most of the world. Each of us is trying to make the best of this extremely difficult situation. The coronavirus pandemic strikes at the heart of our lives and our loved ones. Clearly, we are very close to Jesus in a very special way today as we watch our divine Lord take up his cross, suffer so cruelly at the hands of hypocrites and die the infamous death of Calvary to atone for our sins and open the gates to the graces of salvation. In light of the pandemic which encircles us and makes us afraid and anxious about our health and safety, Good Friday this year takes on a very special meaning. We stand at the foot of the cross and watch. There are no words to express our sorrow. We probably feel helpless, vulnerable, afraid, worried, upset, and wondering. Perhaps we feel as if we can do nothing to help our Lord as he dies before our eyes, streaming with tears. This may well be our own personal experience as we watch the world's cross borne by so many were afflicted and dying around us. As perhaps strange as it may sound, spiritually, this is exactly where we should be today. It is Good Friday. The saying TGIF originates in Good Friday. Thank God it's Friday. There's something very good about this special Friday each year as we commemorate the Lord's passion and death. It was on that first Good Friday that we remember all of the events which led up to the passion and death of the Lord. And as Catholics, 
we not only remember the past, but we re-present those powerful events and their meaning every Good Friday, indeed every Friday, as we cry out, T-G-I-F. Thank God. It's Friday. Why? Because this is the day our divine Lord offered himself for each one of us, for every human being, past, present, future, regardless of religion, race, time, or place, in the unique and perfect act of sacrifice of his own life for the salvation of the world. No one in human history has ever accomplished this universal feat. This is the hour of God's victory over sin through the death of his only beloved son, truly divine and truly human, son of God and son of Mary, our divine savior. And so we stand and watch at the foot of the cross. There's nothing we can do right now except to stand and watch, not as passive spectators, but with hearts profoundly moved to simply take him down from the cross and hold him close in that reality of pain and suffering. Perhaps that's all we can do right now under the circumstances. And that is probably what most of us feel right now as we go through the apparent darkness of this time of trial and anxiety about the weeks and months and perhaps even years to come. What shall we do? What can we do? When will it all end? Is there a cure? I don't know. So each of us lives in wonder and doubt and restless fear. And yet we say again, TGIF, thank God it's Friday, because we live in the hope of that better day, or more beautiful day. When his winter gives way to spring, death gives way to life. We have the benefit of knowing in faith what those first disciples on that first Good Friday 2,000 years ago did not know. The resurrection of Jesus from the dead in glorified flesh awaits. From the tomb will arise the same God-man from the dead to be truly victorious over death and to crush forever the powers of the world which would have been pleased to crucify him forever. And those powers are still alive that want Jesus dead. They still crucify him. So do we by our sins. My friends, there is no Easter Sunday without Good Friday. The two are linked. A distinction, but no separation between these events. If we are to live with him, we must die with him. To die with him is to offer up our sins to him so that he can take them and crush them under the weight of the cross. To die with him is to acknowledge my utter vulnerability, that I cannot control ultimately the forces of life and death in this universe, that I am not absolutely my own God, that I cannot control him or his plan for me entirely, that I rely upon his grace and love and mercy, and that I accord my will with his. Perhaps the only words I can say today are his words as he hangs in desperation upon the cross. 
Father, not my will, but thy will be done. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us just enough daily bread today and only for today to make it through this day. This takes a tremendous leap of trust in God, of course. But that is what Jesus did. And he continues to show us how to do it. Into your hands I commend my spirit. Isn't that what we are called to do? To trust? Thy will be done. Thy kingdom come. Not my will be done. Not my kingdom come. Yours, Lord. This is the moment when we are all invited, even challenged, to change that perspective from controlling the arrangement of things. Our Lord, perhaps, is allowing for this amazing curveball of sickness and plague to remind us once again of our need, not our want, but our real need to return to him and to trust. In fact, this has always been the invitation for men and women in every age where there is such extreme suffering and pain, war and hunger, poverty, disease, and every kind of injustice. Yet, we believe and have said from this pulpit so many times, <coughs> human life is no less beautiful when it is accompanied by sickness or illness, hunger or poverty, mental or physical handicaps, loneliness or old age. Indeed, we believe at these times life takes on extra splendor as it invites us to show our care, concern, and reverence. So often, it is in and through the weakest of human vessels that God continues to reveal the power of his love. In and through the weakest of human vessels. So behold, the weakest of human vessels. Jesus Christ, on a cross. Our Savior. Our God becomes the weakest of human vessels today on this Good Friday to show immense solidarity with us, unlike any God the world has ever known. Not to abandon us, not to mock us, not to inflict hurt and more pain, but to take all of that, if we let him, to take all of that suffering and pain and sickness and sorrow and allow him to offer it up as a perfect act of sacrifice before his Heavenly Father on behalf of us all to atone for sin. Wow. What God has ever done that for us before? What God could ever do that for us again and again until the end of time? He says, it is finished. Consumatum est, it is done. He would cry these words out as he completed the most beautifully orchestrated life and death the world has ever known. Our most beautiful Savior, who becomes the weakest of human vessels, dying on a cross out of love for each of us until the end of time, in and through the weakest, in and through Jesus, the weakest, we find in the paradox of faith our strength, the grace not simply to cope, but the grace to live, seeing in and through the weakest among us the power of God's eternal love. T-G-I-F. Thank God.
Thank God it's Friday. God loves you. The proof of that is that he died for you. He saves you. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend our spirits. And so we pray, deliver us, O Lord, from every evil and grant us peace in our days. In your mercy, keep us free from sin and protect us from all anxiety as we wait the blessed hope and coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God love you and keep you safe now and always. Amen. Now we proclaim the ancient solemn intercessions of the church for the church universal and for our needs. Let us pray, dearly beloved, for the holy church of God, that our God and Lord be pleased to give her peace, to guard her and to unite her throughout the whole world, and grant that leading our life of tranquility and quiet, we may glorify God the Father Almighty. Almighty, ever-living God, who in Christ revealed your glory to the nations, watch over the works of your mercy, that your church, spread throughout the whole world, may persevere with steadfast faith in confessing your name through Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us pray also for our most holy father, Pope Francis, that our God and Lord, who chose him for the order of bishops, may keep him safe and unharmed for the Lord's holy church to govern the holy people of God. Almighty ever-living God, by whose decree all things are founded, look with favor on our prayers and in your kindness protect the Pope chosen for us, that under him the Christian people may grow in merit by reason of their faith through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Let us also pray for our Bishop, Wilton, and for all the bishops, priests, and deacons of the church, and for the whole of the faithful people. Almighty, ever-living God, by whose spirit the whole body of the church is sanctified and governed, hear our humble prayers for your ministers, that by the gift of your grace, all may serve you faithfully through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Let us pray also for our catechumens, that our God and Lord may open wide the ears of their most inmost hearts and unlock the gates of his mercy, that having received forgiveness of all their sins through the waters of rebirth, they too may become one with Christ Jesus our Lord. Almighty, ever-living God, who make your church ever fruitful with new offspring 
Increase the faith and understanding of our catechumens that reborn in the font of baptism, they may be added to the number of your adopted children through Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 Let us pray also for all our brothers and sisters who believe in Christ, that our God and Lord may be pleased as they live in truth to gather them together and keep them in his one church. Almighty ever-living God, who gather what is scattered and keep together what you have gathered, look kindly on the flock of your Son, that those whom one baptism has consecrated may be joined together by integrity of faith and united in the bond of charity through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Let us pray also for the Jewish people to whom the Lord God our Lord our God spoke first, that he may grant them to advance in love of his name and in faithfulness to his covenant. Almighty ever-living God, who bestowed your promises on Abraham and his descendants, graciously hear the prayers of your church, that the people you first made your own may obtain the fullness of redemption. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Let us pray also for those who do not believe in Christ, that, enlightened by the Holy Spirit, they too may enter on the way of salvation. Almighty, ever-living God, grant to those who do not confess Christ that by walking before you with a sincere heart, they may find truth, and that we ourselves, being constant in mutual love and striving to understand more fully the mystery of your life, may be made more perfect witnesses to your love in the world. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us pray also for those who do not acknowledge God, that following what is right in sincerity of heart, they may find the way to God himself. Almighty ever-living God, who created all people to seek you always by desiring you and by finding you come to rest, Grant, we pray, that despite every harmful obstacle, all may recognize the signs of your fatherly love and the witness of the good works done by those who believe in you. And so in gladness, confess you, the one true God and Father of our human race, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Let us pray also for those in public office, that our Lord and God may direct their minds and hearts according to his will, for the true peace and freedom of all. Almighty ever-living God, in whose hand lies every human heart and the rights of all peoples, look with favor, we pray, on those who govern with authority over us, that throughout the whole world, the prosperity of peoples, the assurance of peace, and freedom of religion 
may through your gift be made secure through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Dearly beloved, to God the Father Almighty, that he may cleanse the world of all errors, banish disease, drive out hunger, unlock prisons, loosen fetters, granting to travelers safety, to pilgrims return, health to the sick, and salvation to the dying. Almighty, ever-living God, comfort of mourners, strength of all who toil, may the prayers of those who cry out in any tribulation come before you, and that all may rejoice because of their hour of need when your mercy was at hand. Through Christ our Lord, amen. amen. Behold the wood of the cross on which hung the salvation of the world. Come, let us adore. Behold the wood of the cross on which hung the salvation of the world. Come, let us adore. Behold the wood of the cross, 
on which hung the Savior of the world. Come, let us adore. At the Savior's command, informed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil, graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we wait the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, 
Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. May the receiving of your body and blood, Lord Jesus Christ, not bring me to judgment and condemnation, but through your loving mercy for me, protection in mind and body, and a healing remedy. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed.
to tremble, tremble, tremble. Were you Let us pray. Almighty, ever-living God, who have restored us to life by the blessed death and resurrection of your Christ, preserve in us the work of your mercy, that by partaking of this mystery, we may have life unceasingly devoted to you. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Bow down now for the blessing. May abundant blessing, O Lord, we pray, descend upon your people who have honored the death of your Son in the hope of their resurrection. May pardon come, comfort be given, holy faith increase and everlasting redemption be made secure through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Join us as we live stream again on Easter Sunday here at St. Anne's at 11 a.m. Celebrant and homilist for that beautiful Mass, Cardinal Whirl, concelebrated here by other priests. And to thank you always for your care, concern, and reverence for the sick, the dying, and all that you can do to contribute and Make St. Anne's truly a place of prayer, a house of worship, a refuge for those in need. You can give by way of the Faith Direct program, our envelopes, or what you see on your screen at this time. And remember always the collection for the Holy Land shrines on Good Friday. May God bless you and keep you safe.